When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan from ProjectLifeMastery.com and I'm here at SellerCon in Orlando and I'm being joined right now by one of the speakers who is Aaron O'Sullivan, who's the founder of Systems Culture Impact. Thank you, Aaron, for taking the time. Thanks so much for inviting me, man. Yeah, so you work with a lot of Amazon sellers, a lot of online business owners on how to systematize their business, how to automate it, how to to bring in help and, and actually be able to scale up the business. Do you mind sharing with people a little bit about your background and how you got into doing that? Absolutely. So um, I started off in doing Amazon in 2013, and I was, uh, it was actually ASM1 which got, oh, wow. me, got me into And I was, I was working in the far northwest of Australia uh, in the mines as a construction laborer to get my uh, green card. So I got my residency, and I was there for like three years, and I was like, this is too much work. It's like 14-hour days outside in the heat. It was, it was no fun, right? So uh, I was learning about affiliate marketing and uh, came across ASM and Amazon and just went full in and, uh, you know, consumed the course, implemented like crazy and just consumed all, you know, a ton of other courses on Amazon and my business kind of took off after like five months, I quit my job and then, and then really um, I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was launching new brands, new products, new, you know, opening up new marketplaces and Quickly, what happened about well, about a year later, things started to plateau and then decline, and I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. I had no leverage. I had no team. I had no systems. I had nothing. I was like, I didn't know what to do. But it kind of took me a while to to kind of join the dots. But you need systems and you know to grow your business and to enjoy life at the same time. Because ultimately, what happened was, you know, uh, I broke a promise to my daughter. You know, I didn't show up. I cancelled because a fire started my business. And at that point, it was like, you know, she, was, she lost a bit of trust in me. And you know, that kind of broke my heart. And I was like, something needs to change. And that's when I just went all in 
in systems and, and processes and, and whatnot. So that's how it kind of began. I met my business partner at an event, and uh, at the time, we just we had a couple of drinks, had a good time, yeah. and uh, he was like, let's start a business. So he went to the Philippines, started to build uh, you know, a large team, and he said, come on over. And uh, it was my job to build all the systems and processes for the team of 45 staff to, to run like, uh, like over 10 brands, hundreds of products, and across all these marketplaces. So kind of figured out what worked and what didn't work through failure, to be honest. Yeah. And then I've been helping people with the systems and you know, operations of their Amazon business since. Very cool. Um, I know for myself, but also for a lot of people, and I'm sure yourself too, when you first start a business, not, not just Amazon, but any business, often you're wearing all the hats. You know, yes. It's almost <laughs> like you've got a, a sports team and you're playing forward and defense and midfield and goalie and coach, and like you're trying to do everything. And I think for a lot of people, obviously, that is overwhelming. And also, it, it, it's not scalable mm-hmm. either. And often we start a business so that we can create that freedom for ourselves and not unless you learn how to systematize and, and do what you guys teach and what you guys are about. A lot of people, they still remain a slave mm-hmm. to their business. Do you mind just maybe sharing a little bit about that, that kind of process that someone goes through and how they can start and at what point should they start mm-hmm. to really think about systematizing and, and hiring and removing themselves from a lot of the, the operations of their business? Absolutely. I mean, it's... It's going to happen to it happens to pretty much everybody at some point, and if it's not happened to you yet, if you don't start to offload tasks and to start, you know, really focus on what's valuable in the business and get everybody else to do the rest, then your business growth will slow and it will plateau at some point, um, unless you kind of do that because you're, you're frankly maxed out. And you know, yes, your business could look great from the outside, revenue's great, but frankly, you and I both know how hard you're working for it. So there's a, there's a better way and. Um, I recommend people getting started as early as possible, to be honest. You're going to be doing these tasks anyway, so you might as well just hit record and have an archive of training being built up as you do it. It's, really, it's not that hard to, to, uh, to get started, really. Um, would you like me to talk about the yeah. process of, of be, how that works? Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what usually happens is you know, we get started, we're wearing all the hats, you're the technician, you're doing... You're, you know, the, the pot wash, you're the, the bookkeeper, yeah. you're doing the customer. So you're doing all this, everything. So what quickly happens is your daily workflow can, you know, fills up and you're stuck fighting fires, things that come up. As the business gets more complex, you're adding new products, new marketplaces, new brands, and all of a sudden the complexity is you know, kind of crazy and you're reacting all day. And the actual productive you know, business growth work that you do is, you know, like really small. So uh, I think T. Harvecker said that most startups, especially startups, spend like 60 to 70% of their time on operations instead of the leaders spending that on marketing and sales. So that translates in the, in the Amazon world as, excuse me, working on ranking your products to page one, you know, building a list with Facebook and Google, that's opening up new sales channels, that's building relationships with influencers, things which most creative entrepreneurs want to be working on the, the visionary stuff, the strategy, and just get, you know, get all the other stuff off your plate. I think we're, most people are not inclined naturally to just be you know, programmed that way, to just offload stuff and yeah. get other people to do it. Most people that start this business come from a working class, employee kind of frame, like mindset. And you know, most people are not you know, programmed that way yet. 
And that's the, that's the, the challenge. Yeah. But how to, how to start doing this stuff? You know, what I'd recommend is, number one, to, you need to create you know, a big list of tasks that you do because what happens is one of the biggest mistakes I see is people try and hire a VA before they've got stuff prepared. And when that happens, they bring on a VA or they bring on a team member and there's a couple of tasks they give them and then they end up spoon-feeding them you know, and they become a liability, not an asset. And they, it's another to-do on their to-do list. So before you even start looking for a VA, you need to just basically prepare a list of things just to offload. If this is the first hire, then you know, download, track and rank your tasks. So that's number one. So we talked about it on the presentation yesterday. Um, basically, a lot of people you know, wasn't even aware that you first download your, your tasks from the previous month or the few weeks and just get clear on you know, exactly what you've been doing. You can look at your project management software. You can look at your to-do list, your Google Calendar. And just build up a inventory yeah. of stuff you've been just doing. Even journaling it and just having yeah. that awareness because often we do things that we don't realize take up so much of our time. And it's not until you actually write, write it down, like, why am I doing this? Like, I can get someone else to do this for me. Totally, mate. It, honestly, it, it literally was revolutionary for me. Um, so I down, you download your, your tasks, all the stuff you do, then you track your time. This is like, it's not sexy, by all yeah. means, but people don't want to do it. Most people, entrepreneurs especially, think that their way is the best way. And, yeah. you know, and it, that's the human ego, right? Um, and it's not, not something that we kind of uh, easily accept, that maybe there's, you're doing it a really inefficient way. So I'll recap. So download first over the last few weeks. Just get a Google Sheet and download all the stuff. And the second thing is to track your time for, I recommend it for five days. So every time you, you, you open up another Google Sheet, every time you switch tasks, just put the, uh, the time it took. It could be like personal or professional. So it could be like, uh, got an email, got made a coffee. It takes three seconds just to note it down. But at the end of the day, you can see it's, it literally like dented my pride, kicked my ass. It was like, it was uh, really, uh, it changed my life ultimately because before that I thought I was really productive and I was like, the data doesn't lie. Yeah. It's like mind-blowing. And then from that you can make a change. So download and then track. And then you've now got data from the last few weeks and then five days and then you can just compile that into one big list which is at the top of the list it's going to be the high frequency tasks the things that the high frequency and low value the things that you can just get rid of and um, these are going to be things that irritate you and you know you shouldn't be doing them yeah you know everybody's got them things right yeah totally and then basically just draw a line under the top 10 or 15 and that's your natural strike list to get rid of and never have to do again so that's how you prepare the list and the next time, so now you've got the list of prepared, the next thing you do is when you're going to do the, that task, you're just going to hit record. And, and then uh, always some tips for like how to record good videos to offload stuff. Um, always give context first. So you know, as soon as the VA will press play, you've given them context. So that's this is the outcome, this is the purpose, this is when it happens, and this is the quality this is the success criteria. So this is what a great standard looks like. And you cover that at the very start of the video. So if the VA presses play, they can understand the outcome, the purpose, when it happens, and what great quality looks like. 
if that procedure changes, then they already know the outcome, so they don't have to come to you and be a bottleneck to see what to do next, because they know the outcome, and you're training them to think in, in terms of outcomes. When, they've, when you've given context, when you recorded the video, then you actually show them how to do the task, and you hit stop, and then you've got something to point someone to. You've got a training video. Totally, yeah. Well, you use um, so some sort of screen capture software like Camtasia or Screencast. Yeah. Or... There's, um, there's, I recommend, UseLoom's a great, great free tool. So it's useloom.com. Useloom? Yeah, so okay. it's amazing. And there's also uh, Snagit, which is by TechSmith, right. which, is, which is more for like these SOP videos and, yeah. and stuff. So that's standard operating procedure yeah. Yeah. for your viewers. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so once... Now you've got a list of tasks, and you're, going to, you're building up this archive of videos from this list. So you, you know, you're going to do the task anyway, so you might as well just hit record. And now you've got a list of things to hand to somebody when you bring somebody on. And when you do bring somebody on, the first time they actually action that task, they're going to create a standard operating procedure the first time they do it, which basically is going to deepen their understanding. It means that you're not going to just let them go rogue in your business and start implementing stuff. The second thing, you're going to have an SOP so you don't have to create them ever again because, frankly, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one of them tasks that leaders should be doing. And then, ultimately, it's going to increase the valuation of your business, which is what most people are in this game for, is at some point to make an exit and, and cash out and, uh, and, and basically you know, get rewarded for the hard work. Yeah. So... Reduces the risk for the buyer, increases your multiple. So, got it. So, essentially, you, cre- you have now a training video that you can then use to, to, to train anyone that you want to bring in virtual assistants and whatnot. You have a, an SOP, standard operating procedure. So, it's like this, a step by step by step document yeah. that the virtual assistant is creating so that they can, you know, really create that. And then I think one of the biggest benefits of that, too, is you don't become so dependent on just one person. Because I think a lot of people, when they hire someone on their team, it's like if that person leaves, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. And like I look at the big businesses like, let's say, McDonald's, right? They've got such amazing systems that they can pull, off, pull a kid off the street, 15 years old. They can do, you know, create a level of consistency amongst what they do. And even if there's high turnover, they, they just plug more people in. Mm-hmm. And I often think, um, I kind of relate this to sports sometimes too because... I'm a big basketball fan, yeah. but um, I look at um, a team, like a, a popular team that's really known for this is the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. where they have really good coaching and really good system that the, all the players play within, versus if you take a team like um, LeBron James is on, the, the Cavaliers, he is the system. Mm-hmm. It's like if you remove him, then the right. team tanks, mm-hmm. versus uh, you know the San Antonio Spurs it's like a collective effort and even if they lose one player they can plug in another one for that role and and that's how they've been able as a sports organization to be able to be so consistent year after year i know who what i would rather have yeah i'd rather a team that are just consistently working well together as opposed to one star yes right but um now mcdonald's are the masters mcdonald's basically you know basically with a the real pioneers, you know, Ray Kroc took it from the McDonald's brothers and just created that system. And that's actually what, you know, some of the, the, uh, the concepts from that uh, I teach the people that I help. But, you know, from the classic book E-Myth, if you guys have not read it, you want to read it because it's, you know, game changer. But 
they talk about what, what happened there with McDonald's and Ray Kroc, and he basically recognised a huge opportunity you know, with the McDonald's brothers burger business and then he just thought okay how can I create yeah. a, uh, a duplicatable model which we can just take anywhere in the world if you think about that you get the same consistency flavoured food experiences the same everywhere it's just because of their systems mm. got it so when someone has, has done the, this process that you share they've created the, the SOP and the, the videos and everything um, how would they go about hiring a virtual assistant and just for those that I, you'll explain this more too, but virtual assistant means you can hire people from anywhere in the world. Uh, a great book that really kind of brought about this idea was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss because you can hire people in the Philippines, overseas, very, very inexpensively versus hiring someone in your local city or, or whatever it is. So do you want to share that, that process for yeah. people and how they can uh, start outsourcing and finding people to help them? Absolutely. So there's before you kind of start looking for somebody, I think it's powerful to have, to have your company positioned in the right way because I'm all about how can I bring A players into my company there's countless people that are like B and C players and when I, when I say A player I mean somebody who is going to really over deliver, is going to show up early stay home late, be committed to the vision want to be a team player is going to be keen to build systems and be not the bottleneck but they'll be happy to lay a pipeline so if even if they leave it's going to you know, they're going to be looking after the business in the over the long term. So for me, I think it's really important for you to position your company. And I'm always a, a big believer of you know, developing a company culture, I'm about you know, clear brand purpose, vision, values. And that speaks volumes to people. If you want to attract a talented person into your company, then if you need to stand out. You know, and if you've got someone that you're trying to bring into your company to fit your culture of what you're trying to achieve, then that needs to be apparent on the outside and how you frame and how you position your company um, to make that happen. So it's, first, I think, it's about positioning uh, in order to, to attract the right person. And that's what I would say, first and foremost. And there's a number of places. Most of the viewers I take it are going to have online businesses and there's great places to look for, for talent. There's like Upwork, who's been around for years. There's onlinejobs.ph. There's FreeUp which is a great service for, um, for like, on-demand. And there is Priority VA, which is um, more of a high-level project management software out of Canada. But, um, I would, at that point, once you've got clarity on who you need to hire, because that's before you start to go and look for somebody, you've got this list of tasks that you've downloaded. Now you've got, okay, well, this is, we need kind of, if it's the first person you're going to hire, it's going to be, you know, somebody who can just take the, the low-value, high-frequency stuff. And, you know, it could be, it could be just a, a doer. And that's what I mean by someone who can just pick up stuff and just do the easy stuff. Ideally, it'd be somebody who's kind of a, an all-rounder. You know, somebody who can... Because you're going to have a load of stuff you just want to dump on them, whether it's personal or professional. You know, for instance, I give my, my assistant... She orders my shopping at home for the deliveries and like does emails and you know does stuff that I need to just organize in my daily life outside of business so that's always a great hire at first is to just get all this stuff off your plate you know but in the hiring process I think it's it's important to disqualify fast some key things to take away so um really get clear on you know who you're who you're really looking for in terms of 
what you need in your business and always hire for kind of attitude first. You know, you want to have, obviously, they need to be competent at the job. They need to have the skills to be able to do the, do the, do the actual um, the work. But if you have somebody who's got an amazing attitude to learn and hungry to learn and wants to be part of your culture and your team, then, and they're you know, smart, then they can be trained in anything, right? And that's the, the, the main things for, for us is high for attitude, skills, communications, and kind of problem-solving skills. A good tip, which I actually got from a friend of mine called Ari Mizell, he's a productivity guy, he's like, don't hire for, uh, don't get them to, when you're, when you're in the hiring process, don't get them to create like a, a document from scratch. He says, give them a broken document, like with mistakes, and it says, right. improve it. Right. Because it's much easier to just go and write a brand new one and spend a long time, as opposed to f- taking a broken one yeah. and trying to improve it. So give them a task which is broken and get them to fix it as opposed to starting from brand new because they can do research and find their friends and help get help that way. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with everything that you've said. Um, we use Upwork and we find it great. And we also, I know you as well, um, primarily hire Filipinos, people from the Philippines. Do you want to maybe just share... Like I, I've had a lot of amazing experiences working with that culture. Mm. What's been your experience like? And so I, good. Yeah, share that because I'm, I'm sure you've hired people from all over different types of the world. Yeah. And not to say that you can find talented people everywhere, but I found um, there's certain benefits from mm-hmm. Filipinos I really enjoy. I love the Filipino people because they are they're kind of so playful, and they're for me they're just they're they're hardworking, but they're they're fun people, and they're easy to work with. And uh, obviously they've got you know, good command of the English language. You know, they're, they're really respectful. You know, they're going to be, uh, for the most part, there, there are some pros and cons, but for the most part, I think uh, Filipinos are great for doing a lot of the, the day-to-day and the customer-facing stuff. And also, you can find some really smart, um, incredibly smart Filipinos that can handle all sorts of kind of operations and a lot of the tech stuff as well. So uh, my experience with the Philippines was, um, it's been amazing. So I started in 2014 um, and I was involved with building a team of 45 in this uh, this town in Negros Oriental, which is towards the southern half. And uh, just amazing experience. So I'll never forget being around their culture and and really how... um, how the people actually are, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, they're really easygoing, happy-go-lucky people, yeah. but they're also, you know, driven to actually help you get results, and they're, they're excited to be a part of a team. If you've got, if, you know, if you've got something which you can kind of gamify and bring them together, which, which they love, and most people do, right, it's fun, then that's always helped us. Very cool. Yeah, I find they're very, very honest, very, very loyal um, as well. Um, I also know that you're involved in one of your missions as you want to help feed uh, people in the Philippines. Mind sharing a little bit about that? I was reading that on your website. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, man. So basically when I first arrived in the Philippines, I was hit quite hard by the poverty. And I'm a father, and I see children, orphans running around, the youngest three years old, no no parents. It was really kind of tough in these towns because it was like real poverty, like... I'd never seen before. 
And I knew immediately what I wanted to do, and that was everything that I do in business is used to try and end suffering in children around the world, and it starts there, because that's where our team is, that's where I first come across it. So the brands that we've basically been launching on Amazon, we've, every time we've sold uh, a product, we feed two children in this area of Manila called Smoky Mountain, which is a huge rubbish dump. 50,000 people live on it, it's been there for 50 years, and I've never seen squalor like it in my life. We went there a year ago, and my mentor, she's called Jane Walker, and she got an MBE from the Queen for her work in this area, and she set up a school there 20 years ago, and she's been basically helping these families and communities. She's known as the angel of the dump. She's an incredible woman. And we connected, and I said, look, how can I support your school so we can provide food for these children in the school and so they don't have to go pick rubbish? Because they, they pick... All the rubbish comes from Manila, and there's 14 million people in Manila, and there's several rubbish sites around the city, but this one in particular is known as the worst slum in Asia. And basically, the dumps just dump the rubbish and they just start ripping the bags open. And it's like maggots, it's like McDonald's remains, and it's, it's, it's industrial waste, every sort of waste they can imagine. These kids are filtering it. And, you know, that's not okay, you know? That's not okay. So we've been working with the school to provide food so they can come into school and eat and learn and and kind of move towards breaking the poverty cycle for their family so they can escape the, the rubbish dump. But what is... These people are the most resilient people. Filipinos are really resilient like and resourceful. And these children are the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. One thing I noticed is everybody's happy. Most people are happy. You know, looking around, there's a, there's a lesson in that, right? when we was walking out, it was one of the most emotional experiences. Like We was there for like two days. Uh, well, we went there for a, a half morning. And all the kids and we, like, all of, we took all of our team there. It was just like emotionally like exhausting, but it was beautiful. And we was leaving and we see this guy. He didn't know he was there and he was singing It's a Beautiful Life in Tagalog. He didn't know he was there and he was wealthy. Wow. Wealthy. And I was like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, um, it's a, there's a lesson in there it, Oh, absolutely. Very inspiring. Um, a few more questions. Um, I guess once you've, you've found someone, you've hired them, what, what would be the typical onboarding process? Yeah, sure. So we talked about earlier, it's really important to build that list of things to do before you start to hire. And uh, what we've done is I just... Through basically the years of of really onboarding people and and working with people, because it's it's kind of tough for a lot of people because they hire somebody, they give them two tasks, and then they get really distracted by all the other objects in their in their life, and they don't give them enough. So they feel, the the leader feels guilty because they're paying somebody and they're not doing productive work. The VA wants to just do a good job, but you know, uh, she's not got, or he's not got enough great work, and the VA becomes an, a liability instead of a, an asset. So it's really important to get a clear onboarding process. So it doesn't have to be complex, but at the high level, some of the key ideas really is when you bring somebody on, you want to kind of ramp up responsibility over eight weeks. 
So most people either do one or two things. They normally give them three tasks or two tasks and then leave them to it and then don't come back around for a while and don't really connect with them and build that rapport. Or they give them everything at once, which either or is, is not a good place to be in. So what we've created is a, an onboard talent blueprint, which is how to really bring your VAs from you know, brand new you know, up to full speed. We call it getting them from novice to ninja in eight weeks. So at the high level, it's, it's really each week you want to be giving them two tasks, you know, give or take. You can have three if you want, but it's not a marathon. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? So two tasks each week that you're going to be handing over to them. So if that's, if that's the framework, then I can walk you through some of the themes through the eight weeks so it's clear on, you know, yes, you're going to be giving them two tasks but each week, but you want to be also having kind of themes each week so they can really get uh, up to speed and, and kind of indoctrinated into your world. So weeks one and two is all about connection and clarity. And basically, connection means, okay, this is the purpose, the values of the vision of the company. This is the meet the team. This is all the access tools you need to have set up. And uh, this is our company, university. You kind of show them a training archive. So it could be like XYZ brand, university, which is all the content which is relevant for them in their role so they can, at the beginning, they're not going to be so busy because you're just gradually ramping them up. So they've got something to go to and, and learn from whilst they're being kind of onboarded, you know? Yeah. And if they're ever, if they're not busy at any point, they can go back to that, write some notes, and they share that with the team. So they're always growing in their role. So that's week one is connection. Week two is, is really about clarity. So this is the outcomes of the quarter in relation to the, the year. This is, this is where we're going. And this is how you fit into the company. If you think about it like you're pointing to the peak of a mountain, this is where we're heading, and this is how you can help us get to these outcomes. And, um, yeah, these are the projects and systems you're involved with. And that's weeks one and two. I remember we're giving them two tasks each week. But um, what, we, what we have, I'll just give a bit of context, we have a kind of an onboard talent blueprint that we share with our clients to give to their VAs to work with them over this process. It's like a booklet so they can, they can really guide them through the whole process. And these themes are taken from that. So you can uh, see where they're from. But weeks three and four is about routines and ramp up. So week three is routines. Week four is ramp up. Routines means setting the daily, the weekly, the monthly and quarterly rhythms they're responsible for. Like the, the things that they need scheduled in their calendar that happen for the business. And getting clear on their, their, their the daily scrums, the weekly meetings and the one-on-ones that you as a leader or your team members have with that new person. So they're really getting clear on the, the routines of the business. And week four is about ramp up. So this point here is where a lot of entrepreneurs are going to be reluctant to hand over some of the stuff because you've, all, you've heard it before. Yeah. No one can do this better than me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just going to do it. It's just quicker for me to do it. You know, yeah. It's what keeps people Stuck, away yeah. from building their legacy and ultimately growing their business. Yeah. So... This is in week four ramp up. It's where you're defining what this person's going to be able to handle based on their, their current progress. So it could, in the e-commerce world, it could be like, okay, you're going to start to handle like inventory management or 90% of that whole system. 
you could just come to me for approval. Because these areas of business, like inventory management, if you're selling physical products, it's going to take up a big portion of your time. And frankly, your role as a leader, as the visionary, is going to be to create new products, to open up new channels, to make more money, to grow the business, because you need cash flow to grow. And inventory management, although it is important for sure, you can get it handled by somebody else. So that's what week four is about, just defining what can they handle. It depends on their skill set. It depends on what you need. And then in week five and six, it's, it's really all about, um, it's all about leverage and lift-off. So leverage is week five, lift-off is week six. You're going to, in week five, create the actual training, training needed for, say, the inventory management. And that's going to really give you leverage to be, for you to be able to lift your business off. Because if you think about where you spend most of your, your time, if you're focusing on marketing and sales, then that's where you need to reside most of the time. That's where the business growth comes from. And remember giving them two tasks each week and you're ramping up their responsibility. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just You can rough that, you know, the general key ideas, and uh, kind of improve over time. But a rocket, a business, sorry, is like a rocket ship, if you think about it. All, the, all of the engines need to be pointing in the right direction for it to lift off. It's kind of like a business. And focusing on high-value areas of the business is like pointing the rockets in, in the right direction and the engines in the right direction uh, for that to happen. So um, week seven and eight is about recalibrate and review. So this is recalibrate means you're going to check in with the VA or the new team member and see okay, what capacity do you have right now? If you're employing them for 40 hours and they're doing 30, you've got 10, you've got 10 hours room to, to fill up their week with. And if you brought on the right team member, then it's an open and honest conversation where you can review their progress and their results so far and you can get an understanding of you know, what they are, what more can they handle. And uh, week eight is about review. So it's like, you know, like a golfer reviews his swing after after you know, replays and just to improve it over time. This is what we're doing in week eight is review of the progress of the, the VA, review of the process of onboarding. They give you feedback. And then you're going to celebrate together because, frankly, you deserve it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? And then, again, don't rough it. Sorry, don't make it perfect. Just rough it. 70%, 80% good yeah. is fine. And you just improve as you go. Cool. But that's how you get them from, yeah. you know... Most people just jump in and just give them one or two yeah, things, yeah. but they don't have a process. Yeah, just a clear framework. Yeah. So, what I'm more than happy to do is what we normally do is we share that blueprint. So I'm happy to share with, with the guys oh, wow. watching um, the document where they can get access to that. And okay. Any it works for this, the framework works for any kind of employee, yeah. um, not just Amazon or e-commerce businesses. So it's to share with them to to really save. You know, time and you know, basically unlock the growth in the company. Yeah. So you don't have to spoon feed people. Right. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. So we can maybe connect. I'll put a link below this video um, for for what you're going to provide for people. Yeah, absolutely. No so I want to. I have two more questions. Um, kind of, I guess, more around the mindset component because I see these two kind of common things that hold people back from outsourcing and hiring. One is money. I think a lot of people have the misconception that it's going to cost a lot of money, I can't afford it, especially when I'm first starting. Um, 
and you talked about how you should start as early as possible. And you and I both know you can hire people so inexpensively. And if you just do the math and you know, you're doing things that are three to five dollar an hour tasks and your time's worth that much more, much more than that, it doesn't make sense to do that at all. So do you want to maybe address um, the, the money component that a lot of people feel held back mm-hmm. by? Totally. So this is a, a, big, a big one, like you mentioned. I look at it like there's a, a couple of ways you can look at it. I think, let's just take, for example, you're working on, if you're working on customer service, that's a $5 an hour task, literally. So we have a, a pool of talent that we call Team Ninja in the Philippines. It's been, it's not officially open to the public but yet, but it's, it's been for our internal clients. And basically they're trained on like mindset skills and, and systems. And we found amazing talent for like $3.00. Fifty an hour, four dollars an hour, and if you think about that price, four dollars fifty an hour to do the, like the the day to day stuff, and you can get that on Upwork, you can get that on yeah. a number of different places. But the point I'm making is, if you're spending, just say five dollars an hour, and you've got ten hours in your week which you do this stuff, then that's like what what a great deal, you know. And if you, as opposed to I look at it like if I'm spending, as the leader, I need to be working on a $1,000 an hour task, yeah. creating new products, you know, ranking your products on Amazon or building a list of customers with Facebook and Google, learning marketing. You know, most people that sell it on Amazon exclusively, we get kind of lazy because you just need to create a listing and throw it up. And it's, so one of the greatest investments I ever made was learning marketing. And that's the last thing you should outsource. Most you know for sure, because that's your brand, that's your vision, that's you. And um, anyway, back to your point was uh, if you if you calculate if you're doing ten hours a week on a five dollar an hour task, then that's like you can outsource that for fifty dollars, and you can use that ten hours to to work on a thousand dollar an hour task. So every if, every time you spend it on that five dollar an hour task, you like lose like nine hundred ninety five dollars. Right. You know, it's a great a great mindset around that. And if what happens is the more you actually spend time on the high-value stuff, your per-dollar value increases because you get better and better at the marketing, the skills, and, and it, it, doesn't, it compounds. So it's like you know, compound investment. You know, it's, it's not an exact science, but you, you, know, you can see if you spend hundreds of hours on $5-an-hour tasks instead of hundreds of hours on tasks which you can learn and grow and get better at, then your business will compound and grow as opposed to it going the other yeah. way. Yeah. Does awesome. that make sense? It does, yeah, okay. for sure. Um, the other question that, well, one thing that holds a lot of people back is they don't want to give up control of their business, you know, because they've, yeah, they've been doing it themselves. They believe that only they can do it or no one can do it as well as, as them. And, and sure enough, again, they're just, they're just held back by, they don't, they're, they're just afraid of, you know, giving up that control to someone else. Mm-hmm. So what's your response to that would you rather it be done or would you rather it be kind of all of yours if you think about it your business is you're going to be at capacity if you do not relinquish control and people hoard these things to themselves oh it's my baby but there's a, a mindset switch that needs to happen for your business to grow if you think about it's just it's 
it's common sense, but most people are um, really reluctant to let go of it. But when they do, it's liberating. It frees, and your business now can reach the next level. If you think about it, I don't know who said this, but would you rather it be yours or would you rather it be done? And I know what I'd rather have. Yeah. You know, yes, they're not going to do it as good as you. Yeah. You could do it a little bit better, maybe a, a lot better. But does that really enable you to get the outcomes by keeping it? Probably not. If you get rid of it, then you've got, you know, uh, you're going to be able to, to achieve the, the company outcomes a lot quicker. Yeah, and in some cases, they might be better at it than you because, you know, your, your focus might be more diluted, but they're going to be maybe more of a specialist or more focused in that one task or getting better and better at it than you ever could, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, so there's definitely people out there that are incredibly talented that, you know, can do it just as good, if not better, than what you're doing. Loads better in most of the cases because yes. the, the entrepreneur is so busy, it's like rushing around doing it and it's, you know, it's yeah. haphazard. And they, the entrepreneur doesn't even like doing it because yeah. it's like, oh, it's just another thing. Get rid of it. Yeah. It's not like, what do I need to do? It's like, who do I need yeah. to do it? And there's 7 billion people on this planet, and there's amazing yeah. people. You know, uh, I try and get people around me that are not the smartest person by, by any stretch of imagination, get people around me who are much brighter than me and much smarter than me and, yeah. and, uh, and make their job their mission, you know? Yeah. And some people love things that you hate doing, other people love doing. Like love customer them. support, <laughs> I hate doing it. Yeah. But there's people, they love doing that. They yeah. love you know that's just their their gift and that's what they really enjoy so i i found for myself when i started creating systems and hiring i was able to really identify the role that i want to play in my business what fulfills me the most what my gifts are my strengths and also what i want to go deeper with and for me that that's been content creation it's been strategy it's been learning and uh when you have that team that supports that and you have that culture, it's an amazing thing. That's what allows your business just to scale yeah. so much faster. Totally, man. And you, know, you, you create businesses. We get into this, this world of entrepreneurship to, to really create a life that we want. This is what you're all about, right? Yes. So designing a life which you love, that means keeping you in your zone of genius, yeah. which is where time dilates, you know, when you're working on things where, you know, you time either goes really slow or goes really fast because you are loving what you're doing. It's where you get inspired. It's where you're doing your greatest work. It's where you're bringing the most value to the business. And that's, if we're the owners of the business, that's what we deserve to create a business which allows us to to work in that zone and create the life that we want, ultimately. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. How, How can people find out more about you and do you want to share with people a little bit about what you do? Because I know there's some people here that might you know, want to work with you guys to help build these systems and automate and grow their business. Yeah. So what we do is we basically we help fully systematize um, the operations of Amazon and e-commerce businesses. And then we help them outsource them operations. Uh, we have a pool of talent in the Philippines, um, like I mentioned. And then we help them scale up both on and off of Amazon with Facebook and Google Ads. So... Um, we do some kind of ninja stuff with, with Facebook and, and Google to help people to really grow their physical product businesses, to build a list, really, so they can use to launch products to again and again. But, yeah, that's, that's usually how we help people. People come to us when they're kind of usually at max capacity, and I'm like, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. Now we could, we've outsourced the systems and we've outsourced the operations. 
I'm all about getting people more freedom, income and fulfilment. That's what the outcomes are, really. Because my underlying message is, now you've got more time. Now you've got more money. How are you going to use it? And I'm going to use... I'm going to give them what they need and, and, and influence them to use their business as a force for good. Yeah. How we can help change the world with business. So. Very cool. And what's, the, what's your website? It's uh, systemscultureimpact.com. Okay, so systemscultureimpact.com. We'll link to that below. Check out Aaron, what he has to offer, and then we'll also make sure to link to what you mentioned uh, as well. And I know you mentioned a, a number of different tools and websites. We'll try to link to that on what, the blog. What I can do is I have a, uh, if you want the onboarding, Yep. Talent documents, which is onboard, it's an onboard talent blueprint. Um, if you want them, you can just text a number, okay. which sure. might be oh, might yeah. be easier. Absolutely, because we'll just keep that up and running. Uh, basically, you can text the word onboard in capitals to four four two two two, and there's a, a bunch of SOPs we've thrown in as well for for Amazon and e-commerce uh, businesses. But it's the onboard talent blueprint which we talked about earlier. The key themes we was going through. I'm happy to give that to you guys and cool. you can use it however you want. Okay. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you again, Aaron. Thank you guys for watching this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and we look forward to seeing you again in the next one. Take care. Hey, I just want to say thanks again for watching this video. And if you want to get started to build your own online business on Amazon, then I'd love to give you some free video training that I put together that shares with you more about this process and more in-depth, step-by-step, how you can get started to build your own online business on Amazon to create whatever kind of internet lifestyle that you want for yourself. So to get access to this free video training, all you got to do is just go to www.projectlifemastery.com slash FBA. Okay, projectlifemastery.com slash FBA. FBA as in Fulfillment by Amazon. And I'll also have a link uh, in the description of this video as well that you can click on. Head on over to that page. All you gotta do is just put in your name and your email address, and then check your email inbox, and then right away I'll send you uh, some valuable videos and resources to help you get started, learn more about this, and guide you in that right direction, and then you'll get uh, a few more emails from me uh, over the next few weeks. I just don't wanna overwhelm you too much right away, uh, but I'm not gonna spam you or anything like that. I wanna make sure that I provide some awesome, high-quality, free content that can help you build your own online business on Amazon. So thanks again for watching, and I'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.